With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees, $19.99 Tech Gear shorts for me, and Toastmaster kitchen gadgets for less than $10. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks, because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. is the main event. Mark's podcast, now on the Unhinged Sports Network. Here with you today, your first co-host, Getting Extreme. I am Troy. And joining me today, he's unfortunately landing on that grenade he tried to avoid. He is the walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Jack Victory to my Steve Carino. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Hi, Spot. (laughs) Uh, you gonna get somebody to put you over on live pay per view? I'm already over. You're damn right, this... I'm over. <laughs> you uh, you I almost. Just... <laughs> wow, nice. Uh, I used to be over. <laughs> but uh, getting into uh, this today, man. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously, we don't have uh, Jacob Grandi with us today. He was supposed to be here, but you know what? Life gets in the way, man. He actually had, you know. 
real world things to do outside of audio. Not that you and I don't. We were just able to get our schedules to mesh a little better than Jacob was. Should we, so. should we just acknowledge that nobody would want to do this? So I, <laughs> I will tell you right now, I was sitting here like I'm dig diving into the show and I'm like, why the hell did I book the show again? And yeah, I I'll get, make that clear. I didn't give this a suggestion. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily argue it, but I wasn't like yeah. gung ho. Let's do this. Yeah, it wasn't an anniversary. I mean, it's a 21 year anniversary, so it's whatever. But you know, I was sitting here like, why the hell did I book this show again? And then there's one moment I'm like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> and we'll get into it. Uh, but there's a lot of news and notes to dive into before we get into all that. Uh, just want to direct everybody to, uh, first of all, subscribe and leave a review. So if you don't follow us on social media, which you definitely should, you will still get notified if you subscribe to the podcast. And if you leave a review, please give us five star and actually, you know, give us some some feedback, good, bad or indifferent. Hopefully it's good. But, you know, either way, that'll actually get us seen more. So leaving reviews really helps, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, whatever. Uh, I, I usually use iTunes, or uh, excuse me, it's, it's not iTunes, it's Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell. But that's Nobody's what I use. ever going to call it anything but iTunes, but yeah. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, it, that's what I use, uh, so I can tell you right there, it's super simple. I've never left feedback on a podcast on any other platform, so I can't really help you out there. But I'm sh- if you're listening to us on those platforms, I'm sure you know how to use it better than I do. Please subscribe, leave a review, and uh, put us in your notifications. And also, before we get into our break, uh, the main event marks and Unhinged Sports Network as a whole is sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. You'll hear more about them in the break. Uh, click on the links down in the show description and uh, let them know that main event marks and Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Now let's get into our first break so we can dive into... Oddly enough, the butt-ton of news that we have to bring you today. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. 
Smoothie King, rule the day. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. Again, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And if you are listening to us in podcast platform or on a podcast platform, uh, we are actually live every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, not Pacific, that you know Greg goes off of. So I guess for people in your area, it'd be 5 p.m. But we are on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. And if you're coming in a bit late, our replay is Thursday at 6 p.m. Or for Greg and people out there, uh, Pacific time, where all it's 3 p.m. So there you go. Uh, WWF officially gave notice to the USA Network on the week of this ECW pay-per-view, saying that they're canceling their contract effective in September. WWF's deal with USA expires in September of 2001, but there is a clause that allows WWF to get out of the deal a year early by giving six months notice, which they have now officially done. This doesn't necessarily mean that the WWF is leaving USA, but it means that they can now legally shop around their cable package, their big-ass meaty cable package, to other networks. Too, too much? <laughs> no, no, just the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, apparently CBS Viacom is looking to make a huge investment in bringing in the WWF. CBS is in the midst of a merger with Viacom, and Viacom owns 50% of the UPN, which at this time aired SmackDown. Word is that they're trying to get 100% ownership of UPN, which if they do, uh, that will also give CBS Viacom the rights to SmackDown as well. I think I got uh, all that. Yeah. So either way, there's a lot to unpack here, but basically, I mean, USA did not retain Raw. We uh, we know that they were Yeah. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, they said in not to get in to get ahead to the pay per view we're about to watch, but I mean, Cyrus is there and he is the network representative for TNN, which is the channel uh, ECW was on, and there was a rumor that as soon as WWF was on the market which they're about to be, that TNN wanted them. And uh, so ECW was getting out ahead, basically making the network the heel. The heel! They came out of a cable box! And, uh, hey, that hair on Don Callis was over with me, all right? Come on, Don, 69 me! What the hell? Real quote on real TV, folks. Yeah... That uh, uh, moving right along. But that cosmic finger bang is actually that. Anyway, so I move on. Yeah. But yeah, so so ES, ECW was kind of getting out ahead. They were like, hey, uh, boo the network. And, you know, so that when they eventually did get dropped, they could be like, well, it was all the network's fault, not ours. And apparently ECW was kind of just like, you know, just people out there might know what I'm talking about here. Like, 
there's a really hot chick you want to ask to the dance, but she's taken. And you're like, ah, her best friend is good looking, I guess. I'll ask her. I know she'll say yes. That's basically what ECW was for TNN. Analogy. <laughs> the best thing I could come up with. I mean, like ESPN or uh, ESPN. Gosh, uh, no, they're actually good programming. Uh, but, but ECW was just kind of there. They qualified as wrestling, and TNN wanted to dip their toe into the water. <laughs> so that's what they got. I think TNN kind of regretted the deal, but they, you know, it all worked out in the end. You think about it. Oh, ECW got it in the end. Well, that they did. Even though, even though that, I hate them, that was messed up. It was. Well, that's why in September, like the September um, uh, time when, you know, basically as soon as they went on the uh, Raw went on the market, TNN swooped in. And from what I recall, uh, USA Network dropped out of negotiations uh, in less than a month because they were just like, yeah, we're not winning this battle. And they, they gave up. And Viacom was like, all right, ours now. Uh, and they gave so, $100 million to Vince McMahon. Like, he needs it. Yeah, I don't right. know why I love that promo so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so they did They did that, and as soon as they announced, well, Raw is coming to, uh, to TNN, then ECW was like, well, yeah, but you you don't need two wrestling networks on ESPN, or, uh, gosh, on TNN, do you? And they were like, no, we don't. Wink. It's like, yeah, you but guys are done. But at the end of the day, little... I'm trying to find the right word. <laughs> they're, they're, dog. <laughs> it was their feeding ground, basically. I mean, think about it. At this time, WWE picked picked the bones of ECW. It was like, all right, we took everybody we gave a crap about. Uh, Dudley Stars. The yeah, they they would eventually get Raven, Landstorm, Rhino. Yeah. So there were still a couple people that, that, you know, came over in the end, but it's weird to think that Lane Storm is on the show in March, by the way, and then he would jump to WCW really quickly after this and just For maybe dominate. one of the greatest pushes in history. Yeah. He wasn't there really long. Mike Awesome, too. He was about to make the jump. Probably already did. Yeah. <laughs> Making backdoor deals. Uh, for those that just Say to wrap this. Judas. <laughs> right. Uh, to wrap this story up with a nice little bow, just to let everybody know, uh, the T- TNN, which ECW was on and eventually picked up WWE Raw, they became Spike, and they are now the Paramount Network. Uh, speaking of the uh, television situation here, we, we've talked about them a few times during this era. The head of the PTC group wrote an article in the New York Post talking about the CBS Viacom merger, saying that it would combine two of the biggest offenders of sleaze in America today, Howard Stern and the WWF. Well, I think Jerry Springer may have something to say about that. Yeah, Jerry Springer's like, whoa, hold my beer. <laughs> Actually, in his case, it more be like it would be more like, uh, oh, hold my stripper. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he also talked about the case in Florida with a 12-year-old who is being tried as an adult for killing a six-year-old girl while allegedly doing wrestling moves on her. For those that... Why is that the second time this has come up now in, like, a couple of weeks? Yeah, for those that want more on the story, want to know what the hell we're talking about, you can either go back in the archives two weeks ago um, on the... I'm trying to... Greed. Uh, our WCW Greed uh, podcast. We talk about it in the news. Or uh, you can check the clip out on YouTube about Lionel Tate 
That's exactly what we're talking about here. It was not due to wrestling. More on that later. But he claimed that the girl's brain injuries were consistent with the effects of a stone-cold stunner. Yeah. How? Uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer is perplexed, since, for one, that's not true, and for two, that's not even what the people involved in the case are saying. So this a-hole is just making this crap up so he can crap on the WWF. Uh, so, who oh, knows? the irony of the notes are saying that, by the way. Anyways. Yeah, I know. So, who knows where he pulled this out of his ass from. Anyway, he was basically trying to paint the WWF as responsible for the girl's death. Yeah, that's, like... That's, that's what we said, too, like, even right at this point. There are other wrestling companies. There Why are... is it that maybe it was single that one? And I, I get like, it, it's the biggest one. I get it, but... Yeah. And, and I get, you know, don't think I don't get the, the argument, you know, Eric Bischoff talking about um, how small ECW was, the time slot kind of sucked, and, you know, and all this other stuff. I get that. But it still bears the fact that it is a, it is the number three, I guess by default, wrestling company <laughs> in America. They are on it's national... It's actually number two, but... Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good grief. Uh, but anyway, uh, they are on national television at this point, and... Uh, it's funny, by the way, because it's called the Nashville Network, but it's a national <laughs> television station. Luckily, I was white enough to be able to watch that. Yeah, exactly. And they are promoting the the roughest-looking stuff. Stuff we're going to see on the show, by the way. But who does the PTC come after? The WWF. <laughs> All right. Just hearing that name is just, I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, PTC. garbage. The two, no, I just, I mean, what? What yeah. that's going to inspire in pro wrestling, the PTC. Oh gosh, yeah. There are two names that when I I throw them out in a in a news story, you know, it's going right to shameless garbage reporting and and butthurt crying. It's the PTC and Phil Mushnick. Phil Mushnick uh, actually makes me like Dave Meltzer. Yeah, right. When when you're so horrible that Dave Meltzer hates you, that's that's pretty bad, dude. Uh, speaking of that Lionel Tate case, by the way, The Rock was scheduled to testify in it, but his testimony was postponed. The Rock was subpoenaed by the defense, who apparently wanted to have a wrestler testify about how certain moves are done. Apparently, they also tried to get Hulk Hogan and Sting. None of them came in, none of them testified, and the WWF sued the lawyer. See, this is why we need David Schultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, he can go in there and... You don't want to put him on the stand, because he'll be like, Rapson's real! I killed a man! Like, did you? No. Well, keeping on the track of uh, exploitation here, getting into this next thing. The New York Daily News published a big three-part story about the plague of early deaths in the wrestling industry that featured a lot of new information. The story discussed Brian Pillman with quotes from his wife, Melanie. She talked about Brian's use of steroids, HGH, and painkillers, while focusing heavily on Pillman's doctor, Dr. Hackett, who also prescribed drugs to Louise McCauley. Vince McMahon was quoted in the story, uh, saying that Pillman has passed a drug test before his death. However, Uncle Dave says the opposite, saying that the test actually showed uh, nandrolone, which is a steroid in Pillman's system, which he claimed was left over from a long time ago. Okay, first of all... Because Meltzer was there, right? Some yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, how, how do you know? They, they don't make these tests public. And you're not going to... like. There's HIPAA laws too. You're not going to call. You don't have. You don't have to make medical records public. It's against the law unless you have the 
But okay, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The HIPAA laws prevent this stuff from being public. There's zero percent chance of it. I mean, unless Brian Pillman himself, which I guess I wouldn't put it past Brian to talk to him, but I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I can think of that he could have got that information is if he talked to Brian Pillman himself, who admitted, yeah, I uh, I had Nandrolone in my system, and uh, it was left over from a long time ago. But either way, the story talked about Ahmed Johnson being prescribed painkillers and oh, steroids God. by the same doctor, although Ahmed told the reporter that he had since found God and cleaned up his drug problem. That's I weird. I don't remember him going to jail. <laughs> Good grief. Look, I maintain that God is in jail, because that's where everyone finds him. Yeah. Yeah, that's where, Do- that's where Dog the Bounty Hunter found him. Either way, uh, it was noted that the Patriot Del Wilkes had obtained large quantities of drugs from Dr. Hackett, who knew that Wilkes was distributing them illegally to other wrestlers. Dr. Hackett refused to comment. What, what year are we in right now? 2000? Yeah. March 2000, right? Yeah. Where the hell was the Patriot this time? I don't know. Why are we I... talking about Like, where the I... hell did that even come from? Because of my knowledge, he's not even wrestling in 2000. I think, well, they're going back in time, because, I mean, Uh-oh. when did, because uh, Pillman died in 96, Sorry, this or, is, or yeah, 97. I just, I just realized this is a report about everything, not the, yeah. time, not the time. Okay. Yeah. What? All right, I sorry, mean, I got mixed up, but still. Absolutely. Look at Ahmed Johnson in the year 2000. Do you think he was still on roids and pain? I mean, come on. To be I really mean, honest, you know, and I'm not, like, poking fun at body types, but, like, when he went to WCW, he looks like he gained, like, 100 pounds of, like, not the really muscle mass. Yeah, so... Yeah. For I me, mean, it's he, the complete opposite. Maybe he was on them, and then he went off them and blew it up, which I think is a side effect. Or, well, I've also seen, like, uh, people, like, lean way the hell out and kind of lose definition. Yeah, yeah, Chris Masters, you know, but... <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I, like, Ahmed, he could have been on them, because a side effect of taking steroids and not working out, like we talked about before, is you get fat. So, I don't know, maybe that was it. Here's another... Story out of the New York New York Post. This one isn't necessarily bad for WWE. It kind of depends on the way you take it. The New York Post wrote a story about the controversy surrounding the WWF trying to bury Beyond the Mat. <laughs> this, story, this thing will never die. No. God, this freaking uh, film is gonna like, gonna like survive the atomic bomb with cockroaches. <laughs> right. Well, talk about how McMahon flexed his muscle and got US, uh, USA and UPN to ban advertising for the movie on their channels completely. Not like during WWF programming, but just 24-7, no, no advertisements. Apparently, Lionsgate producers offered to uh, remove the footage of McMahon himself from the commercials if he would lift the ban, but McMahon still refused. For what it's worth, Vince did ultimately agree to allow Mick Foley to appear on Larry King Live to be interviewed about the movie, the article also claimed that prior to this, McMahon spoke with the producers about buying into the movie to help produce and fund it, and presumably to have some say over what made the final cut. But producer Barry Blostein, uh yeah, I think it's Blaustein, Blaustein, whatever, he uh, turned him down because he felt that it would hurt the film's credibility if one of the subjects of the documentary also had the financial stake in it. WWF PR rep Jim Byrne claimed that WWF... Claimed that WWF officials had screened the movie and didn't want any part of it simply because they found it boring. Yeah, that's why, because it was boring. Not because it was super depressing and showed a dark side of wrestling that WWF didn't like to highlight. Well, Jake the Snake alone. Yeah. 
who the hell watched that film and said, man, this is boring? I mean, like, if you're not into wrestling and you don't know who these people are, sure, maybe. <laughs> like, what, uh, what? Yeah, I remember just watching it, and, like, I didn't know Jake was that bad off when I first saw it. When did this film, did it drop in 2000 or 99? Uh, whatever? Late 99, early 2000. I know that okay. because footage of the world 99 is on, on there. Okay. Like I, yeah, so. I quit match, so. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I was nine. So I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm watching this just, like, stunned. <laughs> like, imagine, you know, like, a little nine, ten-year-old me picks this up from Blockbuster. I'm like, oh, it's a wrestling movie. Cool. And it's, like, behind the scenes. I've never seen that before. And I'm just like, holy crap. What the hell is with Jake the Snake? <sighs> yeah. Uh, admittedly, I like the fact that APW was involved in it. Yeah. One of our listeners will not like that, because there's a guy there, he despises, but he's no longer with us. But he's he's in the movie prominently. Oh. Uh, is it Michael Modest? Mike Modest is one of the performers. The guy's uh, Roland's... I forget his last name. He was the promoter of APW. Oh, Roland okay. something. Mike Modest is like his star pupil. Ah, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... I mean, and you can see, like, the little garage that's, like, two miles from my house in that film. Which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, two lawsuits between the Ultimate Warrior and the WWF were settled out of court. Warrior had sued WWF over a bunch of trademark violations, using his likeness for things that he didn't approve of, blah, blah, blah. And defamation of character for saying on TV that Warrior had no-showed dates. WWF countersued over him using the Warrior name and likeness, that they claimed that they owned rights to, and all of that fun stuff. Anyway, they were both settled, and the terms are confidential. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Warrior changed his frickin' name to Warrior, legally, like he's Prince. Because that's Donna. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I mean, hell, Prince changed his name to a symbol. So, he's right in that same boat. It's yeah. a symbol, you know, like Prince. Prince <laughs> Right. Finger Prince. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and, and the whole thing, like, his, his case in court, besides the fact that his name, legal name is now Warrior, was, he was like, well, I was doing the Dingo Warrior, basically the same gimmick, before I ever went to the WWF. Which, he did. So, he had a case. I don't know what all the terms were, I just know that he did a lot of crap that uh, just... I, I can't believe Vince let him get away with some of the stuff he did. Like, he thought he was a big enough star that he was just like, we'll do anything you want. Just whatever. If you go back and watch Self-Destruction with Warrior DVD, like, really, Vince McMahon does not really bury him on there. Everyone else does. Other than the whole, I cannot wait to fire him. <laughs> wow. Sounded like Eric Bischoff with Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> But anyway, here's a fun one. The Rock will be playing some sort of heel scorpion character in the new Mummy movie coming out next year. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I'm going to tell you this. I remember that movie, like, with a fog of nostalgia. Because I loved it when I watched it. Like, me and my dad, I think, saw it in theaters or right when it came out on VHS, whatever the hell. And I loved it. And I went back just a year ago and I watched it again. And I was like, this movie kind of blows. The first Mummy was great. Everything else after that I never cared about. Yeah, the first Mummy still holds up. Great movie. Second movie, I was just like, I remember this being so much better. Like, I loved this movie. 
why? Like, I had no idea it sucked. And then the third mummy is just unwatchable. Like, that's not even worth getting into. And I love Jet Li. And it just sucked. Oh, it <sighs> sucked! It did. Uh, Trish Stratus made her on-screen debut on Sunday Night Heat, scouting Tess during his match with Gangrel. She also appeared later in the show, scouting Albert. Oh, boy. Can we just acknowledge, by the way, that TNA was not Vince Russo? Is anybody else, is anybody else shocked at that? I am. Yeah, this, the TIT was totally him, but TNA, not him. <sighs> Davy Boy Smith is in rehab for an addiction to painkillers, sleeping pills, muscle relaxers, and morphine. He's going to the same place in Atlanta that Stephen Regal was sent to and is expected to spend several months there. Wow. Unfortunately, he did not have a positive end to his, uh, his story. That really sucks because I was a big fan of his. Yeah, that you never... love their drugs, man. I yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of Steven Regal, fresh off being fired by WCW, he's been given another chance by the WWF, but they're starting slow by sending him to Memphis to work for Jerry Lawler's promotion so he can get back in shape. It's a shame they br- they didn't bring him back as the working man. I think they missed that boat. Oh, oh yeah, the real man's man. Yeah, that uh, that was great. Such a man. I remember I wasn't watching a whole lot during that time, but my dad would still watch Raw, and he was just like, the F is this? <laughs> like, I don't think anybody really got the joke. I don't know. It was dumb. A couple of Shawn Michaels' students were recently signed to the WWF developmental deals. Uh, Lance Cade is said to be having a ton of potential and could be a big star. He's tall and is said to remind people of a young Barry Windham. The other is Spanky, who is said to have a great have uh, great facial expressions and is funny, but is really small. They did a lot with Spanky throughout the years. Unfortunately, Lance Cade left us way too soon. I don't know, man. I realize still going, man. I know. And he know. still hasn't aged. Yeah, I know. He right? saw that Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels thing, whatever they got. I think that's why he grew the the goatee because it ages him a little bit, but. Yeah, that's... I have Jack's figures of him, by the way. I have uh, him as... His first run as the Brian Kendrick, and then I have him in a two-pack with Paul London. I love that team. I did, too. Uh, the the thing about Lance Cade, though, like... I don't know. I always thought he had a good look when they changed him to the cowboy thing. I thought that was... I was like, all right, cool. Whatever him and Trav- uh, Trevor Murdoch were fine. He didn't have it, I don't think. But I thought he was... I mean, like, I didn't think he was bad at all. Wasn't he somebody's bodyguard for a second? Um, yes. Jericho. Was he Jericho's? Yeah, it was Chris Jer- he was Chris Jericho's heavy, I'm pretty sure. Chris so. Jericho's heavy. <laughs> yeah. He's always got he's a got bodyguard. Of, he's always got one of those. He's got one now, too, that's uh, uh, probably that joke alone. <laughs> Jack Hagar. Not uh, an MMA fighter. Wow. Hey, he's still undefeated in MMA, Greg. Yeah, yeah, totally. He beat, uh, uh, um, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric Bischoff is meeting with Turner executives this week to discuss getting out of his contract and non-compete clause so he can start doing something else. Right now, he's just sitting home collecting a check. Wow, I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Again, uh, March of 2000 here? Yeah, so he'll be back next month. Be back in like a week? Yeah, 
Yeah, he well, yeah, he talked about he was like sitting at home for the longest time. He literally said he was like watching an episode of Nitro, like not by choice. He said they had it on on a TV in the bar. The he bar, said. yes, I heard yeah. that one. I think I just and listened he, to that episode. Yeah, and he said he looked up and saw saw like a little bit of it on the TV. And he told his wife, he said, uh, he said, I guarantee you, I'll be getting a call in a couple days. And sure enough, they're like, hey, you think you can work with Vince Russo? <laughs> That's before he knew him, too, right? So he's like, I can work with anybody. Uh, yeah, I think, he, well, I think he knew him a little bit, like, when he was there the first time, but he Trust said me, he, he kind of... didn't know him. He wouldn't have went back if he knew him. Yeah, well, he said he didn't know him that well, but he didn't like what he knew about him, but he said he's willing to give him a second chance. Yeah. But, yeah, keeping on with the WCW uh, circle and the drain stuff, here's kind of a long story, but it's it's funny in a sad way. Like, it's so sad, it makes me laugh. WCW. Uh, WCW. Oh, man, let me, give me a second to prepare for that. Yeah, strap yourself in. WCW embarked on a tour of the UK and sold out three consecutive 10,000-plus shows. 10,000-plus, uh, I think they mean seats at the shows, and sold out all of their merchandise. But while they sold out uh, the shows and made big money at the gate, by the end of the shows, it was the typical kill-the-town mentality of WCW, with pretty much unanimous negativity uh, in reviews and complaints about stars like Goldberg, DDP, Sting, Scott Hall, Jeff Jarrett, Sid Vicious, and others not even being there, even though they were advertised. Jarrett only missed one show in his defense because he lost his passport. Uh, Vicious wasn't on the tour because he's allegedly not allowed in the country after his 1993 stabbing incident with Arn Anderson. Although, Uncle Dave pointed out, he did work for the WWF in England in 96, so none of that adds up. Bret Hart went well, and got... could have been because he was, uh, Sid Justice, right? Uh, Wait, what, year, what year was it? Uh, he, well, it was 96. Oh, so okay, was, never mind. Yeah. Well, and another thing, at this point, what would he have done? He was like... Oh, wait, no, that was 2001, I'm thinking of. Never mind. Uh, he, he was still wrestling. I always forget what year Sin was in. Ugh, gosh. But anyway, Bret Hart went and got huge responses in every city, and he cut promos every night to the crowd that loved him, and uh, he said he had been advised not to fly due to his concussion, but he did anyway because he didn't want to miss the chance to come back to England and said that he would give anything to be able to wrestle there, but said that his injuries are too severe, and he basically said goodbye to his fans, leaving many thinking that he may be retiring. Finally, Kevin Nash was there, still injured, but making appearances on crutches, and was apparently pretty out of it in Birmingham, slurring his words. <laughs> Wait a minute, so that was Kevin Nash and not Scott Hall? Well, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, I guess. <sighs> I don't understand, I realize they're big names, but if they're, like, him, he's so injured he's on crutches. Why even pay the money to fly his big ass out there? He's gonna put his fists in the air. I guess. I don't know. That's just stupid. Uh, more on the racial discrimination lawsuit being filed by Sonny Ono, Hardbody Harrison, and Bobby Walker. Real names. Yeah. The lawsuit also argues that their status as independent contractors is illegal and that they were denied employee benefits like vacation and sick time. Walker, who is still technically under contract to WCW, claims that he would be a huge... I'm sorry, it's like, why is he still in contract? I know. I, I, dude, I could, hard working. 
Who's Bobby Walker? Like, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. He's the guy that works hard. God, you're stupid. Bobby Walker? I, 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 I don't even know what he, who he is. I don't know what he looks like. I, until this story, I had no idea that he was even a black guy. <laughs> so, hold on to your ass for this one, man. You, re- you ready for this statement? Well, when you start like that. Well, Bobby Walker claims that he would have been a huge babyface star if not for the racism in WCW. Oh, God. And he says that, yeah. he, that he was told by someone in WCW <laughs> management that he wasn't being pushed because not enough black people watch wrestling. Who the hell could have said that? For God's sake. I, I know. Like, Bill Watts wasn't even there. <laughs> WCW spokesman Alan Sharp has claimed that all, that about 87% of WCW's audience is white. Okay. Yeah, but how do you really measure that? Uh, I mean, the same way they determine the, you know, what age of the viewer is. But I, but I don't believe those either. I think yeah. that's really... No, I, I just don't think that's accurate. It's subjective, so. yeah. It's it's never going to be completely accurate. No, you're right. But, yeah, it just... It's so... This is like the year Booker T is about to become world champion, by the way. Four times, yeah. Mind you, what color is he? I forget. He's dark white, Craig. Always got to hold down the hard-working Bobby Walker, man. Yeah, because when I think should have been a main event star, Miss Boat, I think Bobby freaking Walker. <sighs> God. Uh, speaking of lawsuits, the punk band The Misfits are threatening to sue WCW, claiming that Vampiro is using their look and that his ring gear and merchandise has artwork associated with the band's signature look. Uh, wouldn't they end up coming in? Did they come in in 2000? Yeah, pretty sure Jerry Homie came in right away. So is this part of the settlement? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, whoa, whoa, hey, if you drop the lawsuit, we'll let you come in and work a few matches. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, you weren't watching... You said you started watching UFC in 03? Yeah, about... Okay. Well, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one, but it's it's funny. And it's only funny because the guy wasn't seriously hurt, so I just want to mention it real quick. Uh, UFC 24 is in the books, and this is way too interesting not to write about. It was supposed to be uh, heavyweight champion Kevin Randleman versus Pedro Rizzo. But during the show, while warming up backstage, Randleman stepped on a pipe and fell down, cracking his head on the floor. He suffered a serious concussion and his, and uh, began vomiting in the ambulance on his way to the hospital. He still wanted to fight, though, but needless to say, it was not allowed. During the show, the announcer stopped, during the show, the announcer stopped hyping the main event, and it seemed to be stalling for time as the show ran long. Finally, they announced in a backstage interview that the fight was canceled. Unfortunately, this was the only match that anyone watching or attending the show actually cared about. Due to commission rules and things like that, they were not able to scrape together a replacement main event in time. The live crowd booed the hell out of it. Ah, uh, man. It's just, just a couple of flashbacks here. Number one, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a guy was waiting in the cage for his opponent. All of a sudden, it's announced he has back spasms was pulling out the match to Holy <laughs> hell. Not the same as that, but it's close enough. And then yeah. I remember uh, I went to a Bellator event with one of our listeners, and we're walking up, and we found out from people leaving pissed off that uh, uh, Matt Mitrione had got kidney stones, so the fight with uh, Fedor was off. 
Oh. What? And like that one's more closer to this because that's the only match you want to give a damn about. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you book one fight that anybody cares about and the rest of the card is just filler. That was a theme back then, though, to be fair. Yeah. Now UFC is a little smarter about it, where there are multiple fights on cards that people I, like. You know, I think there's not been a card this year, at least a pay-per-view one, where there weren't at least three fights I want to see. Yeah. I mean, kind of everything used to do that. Wrestling was that way. I think boxing is still that way. I mean, once in a while you get two or three fights, if you're lucky, that are, you know, ones people care about. But, I don't know. Uh, last couple stories here are actually about ECW, so I saved them for last. Sabu is seemingly done with ECW for good. Gone forever, bro. Uh, he came back briefly and worked two house shows last week. Sabu showed up at the next TV taping at the ECW arena and was given a script by Paul Heyman, which laid out plans for Sabu to put over Super Crazy in a TV title tournament match. Sabu took one look at it and walked out of the arena, saying that he was not going to do the job. Heyman reportedly knew that Sabu would not agree to do the job, and in fact, the reason he wrote it out in a script was so that he would have tangible evidence in case Sabu decided to go to court. Heyman can show evidence that Sabu was refusing to go along with plans and was thus breaching his contract. Got a hand at the Paul. That's true business, and very smart on his part. I feel like Sabu has done this a couple of times. He probably... <laughs> Uh, last story here. The ECW Hardcore Revolution video game has sold over 600,000 copies and was the number two selling PlayStation game last week and number six selling for N64. Did you ever play this? I owned it. Oh, really? What do you think of it? If you liked WWE Up Attitude, it was exactly the same, but they just copy and paste it and put ECW guys over it, so yep. I liked it. Um, yep. Acclaim was really lazy, clearly. Go back and play it. Move, move, move. Everything's the same. Just different characters, yep. I remember, because I played... You remember Warzone, WWF Warzone? I do. Yeah, that was like the precursor to Attitude. And then, yeah, and then this game got crapped out, and I was like, this is just... This is, uh, like you said, it's uh, Attitude, but with ECW guys. Yeah, and then they so, came out with Anarchy Rules, which... I never played that. I one. believe to this day, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's the only game that ever featured the dumpster match. Wow, nice. It's also the first game that ever featured the Inferno match. Oh, wow. And barbed wire ropes, so. I mean, it was kind so, of revolutionary in a way. Uh, well, you know, this I'm gonna, game. I'm going to give it credit for what it did. Well, this game, Hardcore Revolution, despite what I just said about it being the number two selling PS1 game of the week or whatever, it was a flop. Well, the problem with it was everybody that wanted it bought it that first week, and that was it. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they've I got mean, a When you're number one for a week, it's because all the faithfuls and hardcores went out right away. But that was all that was going out. Well, you notice their their video game was a knockoff of a WWF game we already played. Their toys... Now, yes, now hold on, though. To be fair, that's not them. That's a claim being late. Well, no. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, uh, I'm not necessarily I'm just... blaming them, but but then on the flip side, you know, their toys were basically knockoffs of ECW or excuse me, WCW toys that we already had from yeah, the mid '90s. A little closer to Remco, which was AWA, but yeah, no. yeah. So and those were not top sellers either. Yeah, although now I they're 
worth trillions of dollars. So go figure. No, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but on the other side of this break, we are going to finally, after all this news, dive into ECW's Living Dangerously at 2000. I'm not going to lie, I've been trying to prolong this. Here we are. Well, yeah, we are here on the other side of this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Absolutely, mate. Take it easy. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. This is a content warning. The following audio review of Extreme Championship Wrestling's Living Dangerously 2000 event contains sensitive material not suited for all audiences. The content of the event being reviewed does contain references to attempted sexual assault, derogatory insults, extreme violence, and attempted murder. If you are uncomfortable with these subject matters, please tune out now and join us on Friday for our review of TNA Destination X. You have been warned. All right, we're here, and it is time to start living dangerously, Greg. Uh, I haven't done what live dangerously by watching this. You did. Uh, just a reminder real quick, everybody, if you're listening to this on podcast platform, then please subscribe and leave a review. But if you are listening to us on the Unhinged Net Sports Network, we appreciate it. If you're not, you can hear us live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, if you're a bit late and you want to catch the whole show, the replay is Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hold on, even... Unhinged, right? Yeah, unhingedsn.airtime.crew. Uh, but 
Getting into this, ECW's Living Dangerously 2000 took place March 12, 2000 at the O'Neill Center in Danbury, Connecticut. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, what the hell is he like? Danbury, Connecticut. I realized that, it like, I like, a, like a cop in like a horrible comedy, Officer Danbury. Officer Dingleberry. <laughs> it's in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Apparently, it's a. Okay, it, first of all, Connecticut. That's not WWE's like territory. How the hell did they even get up there? Uh, because it was. Uh, it is a very, very small venue. I will tell you now, the attendance for the show is 5,000, but their Wikipedia page for the for the uh, the venue actually says it only seats 4,500. So they packed people in there with a crowbar all the way to the rafters. All right, because I, I, I shit on ECW so much, I do got to give them credit, man. Their hardcores came out in droves. Oh, they did, yeah. I mean, I will never be able to take that away from them. Like, people like ECW, man, they went. So, I mean, I, yeah. I don't ever remember looking at an ECW show, and I honestly I didn't look at it like this, but, like, I never saw, like, a empty house. Like, you know, they were there. Yep. So, I mean, well, to the credit, you know, they drew people. That is that is true. Uh, well, that is what? That is correct. Cool. Uh, the the O'Neill Center... <laughs> Uh, it is a multi-purpose athletic complex at Western Connecticut State University in Danbury. So, you said a mouthful. Yeah. Apparently, Bob Dylan kicked off his Paradise Lost tour at the arena in December on December seventh, nineteen ninety-five. So, there's a little factoid for you. For what it's worth. <laughs> anyway, getting back to this, the pay-per-view buy rate was a point twenty-four, which amounted to ninety-five thousand buys. Statute of limitations, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my buddy watched it on the, uh, the old Scrambler, so I watched it with him on there, so. Oh, uh, did you, oh, you watch this one live? Watching it back a couple days ago, uh, I realized I did watch it live, yes. Uh, did, did, uh, did some old emotions come flooding back to you about, like, how you felt at the time? I'm gonna be honest, at the time when I watched it, I probably didn't realize how crappy it was. I probably just liked it as wrestling. Looking back, yeah. being more educated now. Yeah. Well, we start off with a sinister minister in an empty arena. I had to be a little smartass and say, I assume this was filmed in the middle of one of their usual TV tapings. <laughs> I'm I don't know if being kidding. a smartass there or being spot on, but whatever. Uh, well, we just talked about how their hardcores always pour into the arenas. I kid, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, they... Real quick, not to get off topic, but like there was uh, in the major pod group, this woman uh, posted all of her old ticket stubs. And there are actually people that used to go to every event, like, religiously. And yep. I didn't know this, but you could buy that seat for up to five shows in advance. Wow. You, like, like, obviously, this is by, like, the ECW arena or something. You know? Yeah. But, like, it had to be, obviously, the same arena. But, like, yeah, you could buy, like, season tickets like you would in, like, a game, like a football game or baseball. So some people were always in the same seats. And, like, that kind of opened my eyes as to why you always saw that straw hat guy with the Hawaiian yep. shirt and people like that. So, yeah, I didn't know that. Until, like, yeah. I just booked this a couple days ago. It's so. like the local indie feds. They yeah. all do that kind of stuff. So that's exactly what it was. But, uh, yeah, anyway, Sinister Minister says uh, he talks about ECW's Seven Deadly Sins, comparing people on the roster to each one of them. Uh, Super Crazy was, like, uh, greed, and, and uh, Sally Graciano was gluttony. Uh, Domery, uh, or no, I, Francine was lust. Uh, Raven was, was sloth. 
And my favorite was when he got to Wrath, and he said, been there, done that, moving on. <laughs> Good lord. It, did you catch hey, that? I like, I did, but I liked Wrath's sewer. I did, too. Uh, but uh, he also does the typical ECW trope of throwing out a ton of insider terms to the Smarks. Like the Wrath thing. kind of elite. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, like the whole thing about Wrath. I mean, unless you, you know, it's very inside baseball. And then when he talks about uh, Raven taking uh, Sloth to a whole nother level or whatever, and he was like, hey, Scotty, it's a gimmick. Like, good lord. They just smack you in the face with all these insider terms throughout the whole show. If you're a casual viewer, you don't know this stuff. Me as a kid, I didn't know this crap. Even if I was allowed to watch this, I wouldn't have known what the hell they were talking yeah, about half the time. So that, like, that 2% of people... That's my. That was my um, issue with ones don't, like this. I, I don't fancy myself like a business expert, but why the hell would you cater to two percent and not the ninety-eight? Yeah, you're <sighs> preaching to a, a very small choir. That was my problem, with, and I'm not going to get off on a tangent about this. We've talked about it before, but like my issues with stuff that AEW does, they're like, well, they're doing this for their audience, like specifically the being the elite crap. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're doing it for your audience that has been stagnant for almost your, the entirety of your existence. I also want to point out, like, you know, I'm, and I, I'm not putting myself on this pedestal, but I'm like, I didn't even know this until you told me. So, like, I'm part of that part they're not catering to. Like, you told me about the lawnmower crap. Oh, they did it on being the elite. Like, okay. Yeah. And I, now, I, I, I guess I get it, but I should not have had, had to have... And you don't watch as much as me, right? right? To be fair? I don't... Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't watch that... Why the hell is somebody who barely watches it having to tell someone who watches it every week? That's only not re- okay. The only reason I know is because I was listening to somebody. Uh, I was listening to. Uh, you remember when uh, is when Brody Lee won the TV title, and the next yeah. week he comes out and he had like six lawnmowers on the stage and whatever. Yeah. And I didn't. Get, I was like, the hell is he doing? And he was like, you know, making fun of Hangman and whatever. And I'm like, what? And. Uh, I had to hear, like, Brian Alvarez had to explain it, and I had, I was like, oh, okay, so it's for the nerds. That's just, goes to prove the point right there. Like, you shouldn't have to seek stuff out. Right, I know. I think it's stupid, but... Yep. Uh, Uncle Dave said about this show that the production value is bad, even for ECW standards. The arena looked dark, and the sound was poor. Redundant statement is redundant. Yeah. I noticed they had a they did the UFC thing where they put the advertisements in the corner of the the ring mat. They put the logo for the I think it was the logo for the ECW Revolution or Hardcore Revolution video game in the corner, and it was messing up the the screen all night. Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> you couldn't even see it. I I'm thought like, like um there was like some censoring on the network or something. No, it was just it was uh, they. I'm like, did you actually white balance this before you started filming? It's like well. Uh, who the hell am I asking? Of course you didn't. What, what are you talking? What's that? Yeah. Well, white balance. Like, I know you probably got some interns from the local community college down the road, but good lord. You couldn't just you couldn't just have uh, Tommy Dreamer wear a shirt? <laughs> right. But we now go into the arena where Joey Styles informs us that this show is sponsored by ECW Hardcore Revolution, the video game. Joel Gertner goes on his usual gross diatribe. Then Cyrus yeah, the Virus. Yeah, you slept with your mother, whatever, blah, 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 let's go. Yeah, he, he stuck it to her, blah, blah, blah. But Cyrus the Virus uh, turns into Vicky Guerrero coming to the ring shouting, Excuse me! <laughs> Before he informs Gertner. <laughs> That's the first thing that. I thought of. 
Yeah, because, like, that's how he introduces it, because, like, you're in the ring with Gertner and, and Styles, and all you hear is, excuse me! And then he comes down to the ring shouting that, and I'm like, Vicky? I represent the network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he comes out and he informs Gertner that the network does not approve of his promo, but Gertner does deliver, and I'm quoting him here, he says Gertner delivers, quote, that all-important 18- to 34-year-old gay male demographic. First time in the podcast I'm going to use this. What the fuck? 2000 versus 2021. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <sighs> Look, all right, let's, let's examine that for a second. He meant it, obviously, as a stupid joke, right? And an right? insult. Yeah. Right. Okay. Does he realize that by saying that, he's basically saying, that's what watches our show. Is that demographic? <laughs> right. And that's who we that? cater to. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I have nothing wrong with that. I don't give a damn, but it's like... You basically just said that's who you're catering to. I also don't understand how him cutting a promo about how he's banging your mom brings in the gay male demographic. Like, just... Uh, because as we all know, the gay male is like banging your mom? I don't know. <laughs> right. None of this made sense at all. Not only was it, like, insulting, it just didn't make sense. And you and we have both defended Don Callis on multiple occasions, talking about how big of fans we are of his. But this just was like, what? <sighs> Either way... Cyrus says that Joel needs to leave so that he can call the show, but Gertner informs Cyrus that this is pay-per-view, so TNN and Cyrus can uh, have no jurisdiction, so he needs to take off. Cyrus threatens to beat Joel's I, I ass. Got, hold on, I gotta give him credit for that. I like how yeah. they dis- distinguish between pay-per-view and what they do on TV. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I, I was, because I, I, sure. I was like, yeah, I was like, why is he even out here? Like, this isn't a TNN product, but either I way. I remember thinking that when I watched it. Right. I actually and, went back to uh, Palmer Cannon on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why are you here? This is a pay-per-view. This is not UPN or whatever it was. Yeah, time. It yeah it was UPN. Whatever it was. Yeah. It's on one of those, but yeah. Um, right, yeah, stupid. Well, the uh, I did like the touch of as he's walking to the ring, his Chiron, they X out the uh, Living Dangerously, and they put TNN over it. I, I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, but anyway, he says, so TNN and Cyrus need, or rather Cyrus needs to take off. Cyrus threatens to beat Joel's ass live on pay-per-view, keeps calling him fat, and the crowd and Gertner uh, do, do not like this. When when Gertner finally steps up to Cyrus, Cyrus begs off, and he waits for Gertner to finally drop his guard, and Cyrus super kicks him. Super kick! That's Didn't he come the, up with that? I don't know. That's why he, this oh, why he loves the Young Bucks. No, that was uh, uh, the guy we're going to see next, um, uh, Steve Carino. Oh, okay. He, he did the super kick, and then whenever Adam Cole would do it, he'd yell, Cole! <laughs> I love that. that. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, while Cyrus is beating up on Gertner, Styles jumps on Cyrus' back like a damn spider monkey and rolls around on his back for a while before... We finally go to the incredibly long, self-gratifying ECW show open. I will say, yeah, I will say it looked like Styles was trying to butt-buck him, but it was just, it was weird. I'm like, what the, have you ever been in even kind of something that resembled a fight, Joey? Because what the hell are you doing? (sighs) Well, we know of one. Yeah, (laughs) right. But anyway, yeah. Did you know, is it just me, or was that ECW show open just forever long? 
It always it was. was. Like, that was like five minutes. I'm like, get to the damn show. Got to get the old Fred Durst uh, drop in there, too. I know. Uh, spoiler alert. act like that was at a show. And Steve Carino sought that out. Right. That like he went there. Like, Limp Bizkit went to an ECW show. I'm like, uh, no. Where was it? They just went to one of his shows in Philadelphia. Uh, wow. Uh, I I will say this, by the way. Spoiler. We don't hear the first bell for the first match until 16 minutes into this. Okay? Keep that in mind. <clears throat> but here's where the F-bombs are going to fly for me. Just letting you know. Uh, because, yikes. Let's get into it. Steve Carino and Jack Victory are in the ring dressed like cowboys. A production fail has audio from backstage promo playing over Steve Carino for a minute. More on that later in the show when we actually get to that promo. Uh, the crowd cheers when Carino calls them drunks and sexual deviants, but boos when he calls them douchebags. <laughs> because that's crossing the line. But Carino says you gotta, that... You gotta love how they have a line in there. Oh, well, at least you, you gotta have some standards, Greg. Yeah, you can talk about gay males and stuff, but you know, don't say that. Right. But Carino now says that he sees the biggest, biggest douchebag of them all, and points out Sandman's wife Lori in the front row. Why is she in the front row? Don't know, but she is. Uh, Carino says that he's a hardcore, or she is a hardcore icon in the ECW locker room, and he goes on and on for quite a while, getting worse and worse. Uh, talking about how she left her husband for Raven, and he was giving it to her in the bathroom and whatever. <sighs> and then he looks over at her son, who wasn't saying a word, and looks like he just got pulled out of his Little League game to come to the ECW show. Well, he works and, with Raven, so I'm sure he was on the side. Yeah. And uh, he looks at Sandman's son and says, Shut up, you little bastard. The Sandman's not even your real dad. What the fuck? Yeah. It's just <laughs> so so far we should keep account of this. They've made fun of um, homosexuals. Yep. And they've called this woman a whore or quiet one at that. Yeah. Um. What was the other one? Call her son a little bastard. Yeah. And said that <sighs> Raven was his dad, or well, or no, that Sandman wasn't his real dad. But then I can't Karina... figure out why this company went under. Like I'm like baffled right now. Well, it gets better, Greg. Tune, you know, just stay tuned. Uh, Carino finally tells her to put him over live on pay-per-view and calls her a whore. And she finally, this was the line, Greg. You talk about standards. Now she stands up and Oh, slaps. I know what's coming. <laughs> and Carino, good grief. Carino pulls her into the ring while Jack, with Jack Victory, and now Rhino comes out and they hold her on her knees while Carino attempts to whip out his little Stevie. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? But finally, Sam. First of all, by the way, I gotta I gotta point out Atlas Security was watching all this. Didn't do shit. Just well. Nothing. To be fair, they're probably not told to protect uh, fans from the talent. Probably the other way around. Yeah, I just like. No, hey, no, I don't know what? why the hell I'm trying to make an excuse for it. I'm just saying. That's that's all I can hey, pr only protect the talent, okay? If they want to pull somebody in the ring and literally them on pay-per-view, that's fine. But if it's the other way around, you stop that. <laughs> kind of makes Goldust starting to stick his tongue down and throw look kind of tame in comparison, huh? <laughs> right. Well, now Sandman finally gets his drunk ass out to the ring to save her, but Rhino beats him up and pile drives him, okay. so he's useless. Real quick, 
yeah, if you're in the building, this is not a big building. Right. And your wife's, this has happened to your wife, it takes you this long to come out there? He had to finish his beer, Greg. God, you're so insensitive. It's but sad right. that you're not wrong. Rhino finally gores Lori Sandman. I'm gonna I'm gonna call her Lori Sandman because it's it's funny. It's like it's like that's their last name and they're Jewish or something. Uh, so it's almost as bad as Dominic Mysterio. I think it is. Yeah. Where all I can think of is the Friends quote. That's not his name. It's not like he's Phil Spiderman. <laughs> anyway, Rhino finally he's gores. He's Sand Man. Yeah. Uh, Rhino gores Lori Sandman through a conveniently propped up table in the corner, and now security runs in to break it all up because they've seen enough. What the fuck? <laughs> Good lord, I, God! But now finally, after they have another volley, yeah, they have another volley. Instead of keeping her, gore her through a table, sir. <laughs> God dang it. <sighs> People are going to hear this. They're going to think we're making this up. You need to go watch it if you think we're lying. This is all happening. <laughs> and I'm, this is real. Yeah. And I'm not using rape as a joke. I'm not using it like... In oh, like, no, no, no. Like lightly. Yeah, not I'm not using it. I'm not saying this word lightly either. Like, he was about to... He was taking off his belt, like, shaking his hips like he was about to whip it out. And they had her on her knees. So... There you go. You can only well, you can make something from there. Uh, Twenty one years ago too, so we know everyone's yeah. okay. So yeah. Well, I mean, Sandman's probably drunk somewhere, but <laughs> he's about as okay. He's okay by Sandman standards. But after seeing all this, Dusty Rhodes still decided, well, that check cleared, so I better head on out there. <laughs> Actually, rethinking this, he said, well, Paul Heyman paid me in cash up front, so I better get my big ass out there. I guarantee you he did not accept the check from Paul Heyman. I am willing to bet my life on that. You... <laughs> so I want I want cash, and I still want two points of identification, Paul. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I want cash, and I want it before the event. Like a whole seven days before I go out there, or no go, all right? Anyway, we get this. It's Steve Carino with Jack Victory in his corner taking on Dusty Rhodes in a Texas Bull Rope match. This is the longest match on the card at 10 minutes, 13 seconds. Keep that in mind. I also just got to point out, man, like, God, again, going back to the money thing, but man, does he need that money or what? Well, I mean, would pay- Vince wouldn't give him a job in 2000? He paid him up front, Greg. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, put- is there enough money to go here? He paid him. He paid him cash. He had to put forth minimal effort. <laughs> And he still got the kind of wrestle. So, whatever. I don't know. But either way, H.C. Loke is the referee for this match, who apparently yeah, Carino... Yeah. Well, the only reason I'm pointing that out is because they did on commentary. Uh, Carino and Jack Victory beat the hell out of him in his hometown. So, yeah, that's probably not going to play into this finish. <sighs> Talk about telegraphing the hell out. In what world would that be? You know what? One of the guys in this match beat the crap out of that referee a few weeks ago and embarrassed him on TV. It's fine. He'll be okay to officiate this one. I'm sure he'll call it right down the middle, Daddy. <laughs> anyway, getting into uh, getting into the match itself. This is not a regular bull rope match because you win via pinfall or submission. Uh, both men get very bloody because, of course, they did. Commentary puts over the use of the cowbell, which both guys use a lot. Carino, Gotta have more cowbell. 
Well, Dusty had a fever, and the only prescription was more cowbell. And he got more. Uh, Carino even blades his damn arm. Uh, that always grosses me out. I don't know why. But H.C. Loke helps Dusty tape a cowbell to Carino's head, and Dusty hits it with a steel chair. Who could have saw that coming? But this was right before Dusty whips off his elbow pad, for some reason flips the double bird to the crowd who cheers him, and then he drops the elbow on him for the win. Okay. Uncle Dave gave it half a star, and gave it two and a half for average. What say you? God, I, I wanted to give it zero, but I gave it one. Keep in mind, for everybody out there, I'm grading on the ECW curve standard, okay? So I'm just putting that out there. I'm not grading on the standard of every other show we ever watch. Yeah, right? well, keep in mind that ECW sh** on a straight line, so... Oh, much like uh, what happens to me after I eat uh, Taco Bell, but anyway. <laughs> did you notice multiple cowbells were used? I did not notice that. I think Jack Victory tossed, like, one in the ring at some point. I might have noticed that, actually. I, I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. I just I this, just that out because there's a cowbell match. The bell will be in the ring. And then just have another one out there. Yeah. Where do you think you get cowbells like that? Well, probably cowbells are us. I mean, at the time, they didn't have a, an online store, though, so it had to be the local branch. <laughs> also, uh, one more thing i got to point out, too, man, and... I, I, I love Dusty, but, like, man, you can tell he was more out of shape than ever. Yeah. He was gassing. Yeah. Joey Styles, man, he's like, oh, well, he's he's taking a brutal beating. That's why he's, like, out of breath. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. why. He was here clearly filling the hole left by Terry Funk, and he was helping to put over the the new young up, upstart with uh, Carino. Yeah, the young guy who was the king of old school. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I will say this, Dusty did a good job at his role. That's all I can say. I mean, for what he was supposed to do, he did fine. Anyway, uh, Joey Styles now informs us that Lori Sandman, I'm just going to keep calling her that, is being rushed to the hospital via an, via an ambulance, you know, as if Sandman or ECW could afford an ambulance. Well, we've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Ambulance and the helicopter, so you, <laughs> yeah. you shut your mouth. They blew two years' worth of budget on that. But Cyrus now says that since Sandman went to... What money they spend? That's like eight years' budget, dude. What are you talking about? Right. Uh, Cyrus now says that since Sandman went to the hospital with his wife, he will forfeit his TV title tournament match against Rhino, who is TNN's chosen champion. So there you go. That match will not happen. Uh, Uncle Dave speculates because they've already had a match on TV, and it was horrible, so they had to figure out a way to not do it again. I mean, I... I buy that. I really do with this company. I buy that. <sighs> but past that, uh, for those that don't know why the TV title tournament is happening, by the way, now Rob Van Dam broke his ankle, and he was on a 23-month run with that belt. So so literally, the only thing worth watching in this entire piece of crap company got hurt. <laughs> Basically. <sighs> well... What are you talking about, man? This next segment here. Oh, come on. We got Louie Dangerously in the ring. The, the boss. Yeah. For those that don't know, it's just a dude who kind of looked like Paul E, and he called himself Louie Dangerously. I remember, I think that was Sign Guy Dudley, right? Sure. No, it's no, it a different guy, because those two were on the same show at the same time, so I know it wasn't them. They, they look similar, though, but Louie was a little thicker. 
Either way, uh, he has his new Louis, dangerous... by the way, just so everyone knows. Not Louis. Louis. Yeah. Like Paul E. Not Paul E. It's Paul E. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, he, has, <laughs> he has his new dangerous alliance in the ring. Uh, you could seriously hear a mouse pissing on cotton from up in the cheap seats during this promo. Nobody gave a damn. But, however, Louie finally starts speaking, and then the crowd gets into it. They chant a-hole at him while he cuts a non-inspiring heel promo about how, you know, he's the top boss and whatever else. I don't know. But we get this next match for reasons. It's the New Dangerous Alliance of C.W. Anderson and beautiful Billy Wiles, along with Louie Dangerously in their corner, taking on Dangerous Danny Doring and Roadkill with Electra in their corner. This went for seven and a half minutes-ish. Am I the only one that's a little shocked that Dangerous Danny Doring wasn't in the Dangerous Alliance? Makes yeah, sense. I think you are the only one that's shocked. It's, it makes sense, man. He wasn't dastardly yet? Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You're right, dastardly Danny Doring. Yeah, Gosh. I'm pretty sure. And also, I'm almost certain I'm right on Louis being sign guy. You might want to check that back. Oh, I'm, gosh. I'm like 1,000% sure he was sign guy Dudley. You're going to make me Wikipedia, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, because I think they're calling me wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. You know what I'm going to be right on this crap. Uh, um, okay, I stand corrected. It was His you. real name, his name is Lou D'Angeli. Uh, he was Sign Guy Dudley slash Lou E. Dangerously. I could have sworn. I thought they were both on the same show at the same time, like, together. But I guess I'm wrong. All right, well, for all of you out there, uh, you know, just shame me while I'm walking down the street, ringing, be- you know, ringing bells, and make sure that everybody knows I was wrong about this one. I deserve a flogging. Shame. 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 But anyway, getting back to this crap, on the Doring and Roadkill entrance, uh, a plant female in the front row. I don't know how the hell they could afford extras in this company, but 50, 50 they did. Bucks, dude. Yeah, yeah, because they had an extra 50 bucks laying around. <laughs> they did it with the Dusty Rhodes. Right. It's like, that's, my, that's for me, baby. We're going to give you something else. <laughs> uh, you get a check, and that's going to bounce. But anyway, uh, if this this woman tries to grab Danny Doring, pull her in the, to, into the crowd like it's freaking Shawn Michaels. Electra gets pissed and goes off on her and pulls Doring back. Uh, Cyrus also calls her Erectra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. And, uh, How much of her was actually, like, skin, not plastic? I, I don't know what the under-over is on that one. <laughs> but I, I thought it was funny because he says, or he calls her Erectra. And Joey's like, it's Electra, not. It. And he's like, wait, it's not. And he's like, no. And and uh, uh, Cyrus goes, well, that's gonna be hard. <laughs> In the end, Roadkill goes up top, and Electra trips him, and he comes down ass first into her face. <laughs> no. that was awesome. Uh, C.W. Anderson then hits a spinebuster on Doring for the pinfall win, uh, because you know we needed that epic Electra heel turn. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I actually thought these four guys, I like all four of these guys, I'll say. I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two only because there was a few moments, so I was like, cool. Or, you know, didn't want to fast forward. I thought Roadkill and Doring were a great team. And Roadkill was like, 
damn good for being such a weird-ass gimmick. Just that whole, like, step... That was my favorite. Uh, it, my favorite thing he did was he would, like, be in the middle of the ropes, and he'd, like, step up on the ropes, not in the corner, and then, like, launch himself, like, springboard off the top rope. I'm like, damn, that's pretty agile for a guy that size. But anyway, we now go to the back, where Lance Storm, Justin Credible, Jason, and Don Marie of the Impact Players are talking about how they got screwed out of the ECW tag titles, and they're going to win them back tonight. I said the promo was pretty subpar, and they seemed like Lance forgot a couple of his lines and had to go back. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he wasn't being serious. Yeah. I feel like he stepped on he stepped on Justin Credible's thing, because he was like... Giggity. Wow. Well, what was it? That's not just the best. That's not just the coolest. Or am I reversing? Justin Credible, yeah. Yeah. He was like, that's not just the best. That's not just the coolest. And he was like... And then Lance said something about, uh, that's the Impact Players or something. He was like, no, that's just incredible. I'm like, Lance, you, you missed your cue, buddy. Like, that was supposed to go after what you Well, said. he's on his way out. He won't give a damn. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Would you? I wouldn't have ever given a damn here. <laughs> now we go to Simon Diamond in the ring with Kid Cash, some dude in a white butler outfit, and someone that I thought looked like Pitbull number two, but I'm not sure. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know who that was, though. I, I thought that was Anthony Durante, but I'm not certain, and I don't know who the hell the butler guy was. The no butler did it, that's all I know. With uh, Scott Steiner's lead pipe. <laughs> but, if, but you know, uh, Simon Diamond, of course, had a problem. But that problem was about to get worse, because out comes Judge Jeff Jones, who, for some freaking reason, Kurt Hawkins marks out to. Uh, or Brian Myers. I don't know why I called Kurt Hawkins still. <laughs> Anyway, he introduce, he comes out to introduce Mike Awesome, who is one half of the tag team champions and the world champion. His theme wasn't edited off the WWE Network. I was a little shocked by that, because literally every ECW theme is edited off the network, so... I think uh, ECW owned that theme, actually. Okay, that makes, I mean, that does make sense. I know after a while, Sandman started, like, he got another band to re-record uh, Enter Sandman so yeah, that they could him. use it. Oh, was it Motor? Okay. Were they allowed to legally use that one on pay-per-views and stuff? They did on a couple of DVDs. Okay. To me, that's the tale. It's on DVD. Right. They clearly got some kind of rights. Yeah, right. But anyway, uh, Awesome comes out and he says that everyone can either leave the ring or die. So everyone, he literally says this. So they all bail out. Everybody dies. (laughs) Except for Kid Cash, of all people, who throws a towel at Awesome's face and starts attacking him. So now we got an impromptu world title match. It's Mike Awesome with Judge Jeff Jones versus Kid Cash for the ECW world title. This went about 4 minutes, 44 seconds. I said only ECW would have an impromptu world title match on a pay-per-view in the middle of the card with a guy who stands zero chance of winning. Well, it could have been Spike Dudley. Yeah, well, they already did that. He powerbombed his little ass through a table, so they had to get another little guy in there. Mike Awesome absolutely destroys Kid Cash in this one. However, Cash does manage to get in his obligatory dive into the crowd. And he hits the moneymaker on Jeff Jones. Sort of. Uh, awesome manages to set up a table. And he hits the top rope Awesome Bomb to Cash through the table for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave gives this three effing stars. I don't know what the hell. I gave it two. Let's see. It's literally like a star a minute. It, <laughs> it is. What do you give it? I give it one. I did not like it. I'll say this. I like 
these guys, I thought in less than five minutes. Well, they I love did Mike Austin. Fine. Yeah. I've always been a Kid Cash fan. I don't know why, but I just am. But yeah, I thought they did for their time. They did okay, but it was less than five minutes. I just I can't look at a match and give it any rating when it's like three or four minutes like that. Well, how are you going to give three stars to a match that went less than five minutes? Like what the app? Because Dave got his he's up from Damien Cash too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, right. Kid Cash really was doling out that cash. Uh, maybe Mike was slipping him a little bit of that uh, early signing bonus from WCW. But after the match, Jazz comes in to check on Kid Cash before getting jumped by Giotto and Gato, to which Simon Diamond cheers on. <laughs> and now Nova and Chris Chetty run in to save Jazz, beating up Giotto and Gato. So now we got another impromptu match. It's Chano and Gato with Simon Diamond in their corner taking on Nova and Chris Chetty in seven and a half minutes. This is just every ECW match ever. Like, somebody comes out to cut a promo, somebody runs in, they start beating each other up, ring the bell. That's it! This is literally how the last match in the history of ECW went. I got me a lot of pay-per-view anyways. Yeah. Just, uh, 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 Jerry Lynn runs down, attacks RVD, we get a match... It's a damn good match, but yeah. that's how ECW ends. But they do that all the time. So you can't even, like, really advertise ahead of time, because all your stuff is, like, basically impromptu. It's stupid. But anyway, Gato's dressed like the third member of Public Enemy, and Giotto is dressed like Mini Masato Tanaka. <laughs> uh, and, and Masato Tanaka's not a huge man to begin with, so there you go. Uh, and Nova is dressed like Venom. Venom, that? <laughs> He... He was the original nerd in wrestling that was doing this stuff. Now they all do it. He stole his gimmick, pal. Oh, it's almost as bad as having to be Simon D on TV. Hey, whoa. Yeah, that's I have a check figure of him. Well, of course you do. Uh, Chris Chetty looks out of shape, but he's still doing pretty good stuff. Chetty and Nova hit the tidal wave on Gato for the win. I liked a lot of ECW's tag matches, so I gave it two and a half. Uncle Dave gave it a fourth of a star. Let's see you. I gave it two. It was a little fun. I'll say that. Yeah, it was like a fourth of a star. Was it really that bad? What was so egregious in this match? Yeah, it was a lot of like high spot, high spot, run, run, run. But I thought he liked that crap. I just, I don't know. He gave the lot. He gave that impromptu one three stars. So no. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, and just think, in a few years, he'd be given, he'd be repeatedly giving Gato the Booker of the Year award. So he can't perform with a lick, but he can book. I guess so. For those that don't know, he's been the booker of New Japan for years and years and years. But all right, we now get a pre-recorded promo with the New Dangerous Alliance. We know it was pre-recorded because this was the audio that played over Steve Carino in the opening of the show. <laughs> I've seen this done before where I was the camera guy. I was like the whole production crew for a wrestling show one time. And they were like, we need you to get a post-match interview with this team. And it was like two hours before be uh, bell time. And I'm like... How's this even going to work? So they literally, like, hose themselves down with, like, with water to make it look like they just wrestled a match. And then they and then uh, they get, grab their tag titles and cut a promo, like, and act like they were all tired out from the match. And it's <laughs> like, okay. Anyway, uh, Electra tells us that uh, she hates Paul Heyman for not giving her a shot earlier and only looking at her as a stripper or whatever. And I wonder why. Hey, but she was. Yeah. So... Uh, who hey because i hate you because you didn't come into my place of employment and say hey you should work as a wrestler instead of doing this what you've chosen to do like what 
Anyway, she hates Danny Doring for apparently having a small Johnson, and she hates Roadkill for talking, and she hates Roadkill for talking crap about her backstage, and apparently for having bigger tits than she does. She then flexes her boobs and strokes Louis Dangerously's cell phone like it's Peter Meat. What the fuck? What's Peter Meat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, good lord. What the f***, man? God, this is... Like, uh, we're not done. Again, I gotta say it. I wonder why this company is no longer around. Yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> Scratch my chin over here. Uh, you know, it, these are the questions that will baffle humanity forever, Greg. But up next, we got little Guido with Big Sally Graziano in his corner, taking on Super Crazy in the ECW World TV Title Tournament semifinals. This went for 7 minutes, 47 seconds. Hey, spoiler, said, there is no Tajiri, because I didn't know these two could have matches without Tajiri. Yeah, well, yeah, not yet. <laughs> but this is just pure chaos. Guido gets busted open from a chair shot off the top rope. Big Sal accidentally crushes Guido in the corner. Uh, Super Crazy gets whipped with a belt. Guido misses Super Crazy and goes to an effing table. It's madness. And as we've learned from every Super Crazy versus FBI member match ever, Super Crazy is Superman and kicks out of literally every damn thing for almost eight minutes for winning with a brain buster on a broken piece of table. Uncle Dave and I, however, did give it three stars because it was entertaining. What say you? I gave it two. And I was like, at the end, I'm like, man, this is not wrestling. <sighs> no. They... Also, I, I, I know this is like everyone's criticism on it, but was this match no DQ? Yeah. I they, they say all that? I, I think it's just implied they all are. I, I don't agree with that. It needs to be said. I don't think it should just be implied. Well, it's just I mean, ECW rules. My, well, here's my thing, though. They would have actual, like, no DQ and street fights and stuff. Yeah. Which, what, you, okay. what you just said, why would you need to do that? Call it that. Yeah, those didn't make sense. I'm at just, all. I, I never got that. I was like, every match of yours is no DQ. So that's why I never understood distracting the ref. I'm like, why are you distracting the ref? There's no disqualifications. Another thing I always like laughed at too is how fast the referees count in ECW. Ah, uh, yeah, I noticed that because he goes down. He's like one, two, three, ring the bell. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that was quick. Like you're not supposed to signal to the crowd. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> but whatever. We now get a commercial for the ECW Hardcore Revolution video game where they show Joey Styles beating up Cyrus in the game. Because you know, if you want a selling point, you can play as the announcers. Yeah, but to be fair, you did have to unlock them. Yeah. I, I, get, I get that, you know, you're showing it off, but, like, that was the whole commercial. Hey, you can play as us. Watch me beat up on Cyrus for five minutes. Cool. Anyway, speaking of cool, up next, we get Kentaro Kanemura versus Balls Mahoney in less than two minutes. <laughs> I, Real I was, I will say this. Thank God it was less than two minutes. I couldn't have stomached any more of this. Uh, we had to get the obligatory mention from Joey Siles that Balls was kicked out of amateur wrestling for punching a referee, because that's his line in every effing Balls Mahoney match. Ever. I don't understand why anyone would be proud of that. Yeah, that shows he's badass, Greg, and he doesn't follow the rules. 
just whatever. But Balls ends up winning with the Nutcracker Suite on a chair. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it one star because, god dang it, they tried. What say you? I gave it one star, but I'm like, was this really even a match? Uh, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like it was a segment with a pinball. Yeah, I, I feel the definition of a match is a bell rang, and then a bell rang later on after a, a pinfall. <laughs> so, technically, by the textbook definition, it was a match. But then this can't be over, Greg, and we've got to transition into the next impromptu. Yeah, if you thought that whatever. sucked, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, you wanna you wanna crank the heat up, Greg? Uh, first of all, Ken, uh, Kenamaru says, yeah, I got paid for my two minutes. I don't work by the hour. I'm out of here. And he took off. And then Devaldi's come in. That's Tony DeVito, Angel, and Vic Grimes. They all come in and jump Balls Mahoney, lay him on a table outside the ring, and then Vic Grimes crushes Balls from the flipping senton off the top rope. Real sentence. Yep. That's not the only thing he's going to be crushing tonight, but stay tuned. Now... We get New Jack coming out with a trash can full of weapons. Because, hoo-hoo-hoo, you want to crank up the heat and really put them asses in the seats, man. New Jack. By the way, I... I worst wrestler in the history of wrestling, by the way. He's, he's in that conversation for sure. Uh, I, will, I will say this. The only semi-appealing thing about anything New Jack does is edit it off the network. And I know why it is. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but it, it sucks. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, it's a theme song. Like, I love Natural Born Killers. I thought it was a cool song, especially to play on repeat while he's doing his whatever the hell he does. <laughs> but the one they replace it with is just horrible. I, I hate it. I will say, though, it's better than... Uh, if, you, if anybody ever watches Hardcore Homecoming, he was on that show, and they have some generic whatever for him there. That's even worse than the WWE Network one. But all right. Uh, it's Big Grimes versus New Jack. No time was recorded for this. Uncle Dave didn't rate it because it technically wasn't even a... I guess it was a match. I don't know. It was on the card. But I don't even... I never heard a bell, okay? So that whole... My textbook definition of match I just gave you is out the window. Did but, New Jack ever have a match? I don't know. I don't know. It, I... That, that's a that's a good question, Greg. But I said, I guess that the match started when New Jack gets in the ring to beat up Tony DeVito and Angel with various weapons. So I, I just went with that. He tries to put a PlayStation over DeVito's crotch, but it slides off, and he just whacks him in the crotch with a crutch before slamming a guitar over Angel's head. <laughs> the only thing I got out of this was that's a that's a waste of a perfectly good PlayStation. And that's a shoot PlayStation, by the way. I don't think that was a working one. Yeah, right? But now... Finally, Grimes is in with a pizza cutter that he takes to Jack's forehead because, yuck. Uh, they brawl through the crowd, and Grimes absolutely bludgeons New Jack with one of those metal pole things that holds the nylon ropes for lines. I, what do they call those things, you know? No. I just, I just kind of chuckle at the fact that you said lines. Like, I'm pretty sure they all did some lines before this crap started, well, I mean, in WWF, uh, Vic Rimes' name was Key, so there you go. Uh, Google it, people. I'm not going to explain it. But yeah, for those who want to know what I'm talking about, so it's big metal things. If you ever see, like, VIP areas, they got the nylon ropes hooked to it, whatever. It's one of them big-ass heavy things, or you see them in the bank or whatever. He's absolutely beating the tar out of New Jack, who's bleeding profusely at this point. 
They battle up onto some scaffolding. <sighs> Here it comes. Grimes sets up tables. They both climb up uh, onto. Both climb up onto the scaffolding. Grimes is clearly nervous, and he pulls out of an attempted power bomb. And I guess New Jack was supposed to throw him off through the tables. Well, he got a little nervous. So, like a logical thinking human being, Jack is like, "Oh, you're nervous to jump off here? Well, let me pull you off." So Jack jumps off. He pulls Grimes by his collar down with him. New Jack basically double stomps through the tables. Big Grimes front flips and lands on New Jack's head on the concrete. What the fuck? Gotta draw money, man. How much do you wager that they got paid for this? Huh? You're assuming the checks cash are about <laughs> checks cleared. Huh? Yeah, that's that's my point exactly. <laughs> this cracked New Jack's skull caused brain damage and left him mostly... Bl I think it blinded him completely in his right eye. Okay, but how much more damage can you do to that brain? Uh, I know, the low-hanging fruit, I get it. But seriously, like... And the, I don't want people to think I'm, I'm not crapping on a human being, but the fact is he gets off on this crap. Yeah. He still does it to this day. So. Well, here's my thing. Was, uh, was the brain damage, the blindness, all of that, and I think he lost some hearing in his right ear, was all of that worth that gift certificate to Wendy's that he got paid? And this is before the 444 deal. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, the, the $5 Biggie box. <laughs> yeah, so, gosh, man. Was it worth it, New Jack? Because I'm going to say probably not. Well, rumor has it, one of these guys called him the N-word. Oh, yeah, sure. That table called him the N-word with a hard R. If people don't know, we're referencing his crap from Dark Side of the Ring, where allegedly every single person called him the N-word before he stabbed them. So, and out of his own mouth, by the way, XPW booked a scaffolding match between these guys, by the way. The ring was filled with tables to, I guess, break their fall. I don't know. And New Jack said he was going to kill Vic Grimes. So he gets up there. He, he was hiding a taser. As soon as Vic Grimes got up there, he tased him so Grimes couldn't move. Like, he lost muscle function, and he was trying to chuck him so far that he wanted him to land on the ring post and die. But he missed, <laughs> thankfully, and he only hit the tables. But it was still pretty gruesome. So XPW almost booked murder. Good effing stuff, Greg. Just trying to figure out if that's any different than this crap right here. I will say, in in slight defense of Paul Heyman, he didn't know that he was going to get... Like, he didn't know this was going to happen. But, uh, why are you booking New Jack, man? What money is he drawing? The idiots? I guess. You know what's hey, funny dollar is, counts. You know what's funny is, um, New Jack was a subject of Dark Side of the Ring Season 2. XPW will be a subject of Season 3. So, look out for that. But anyway, if we're going to call this a match, Uncle Dave never even rated it, because it wasn't technically a match. I gave it negative five stars. The worst thing I've ever seen. I didn't rate it, because it's like, I don't think it was a match, so I refuse to give it any stars. <laughs> yeah, he won't even dignify it. No. Yeah. There was uh, a, a point even when I was watching, like, why am I still watching this? <laughs> I, I think I could have skipped over this and probably been fine with this whole review. I fast-forwarded through some of the stuff in the crowd. It was like, they're hitting each other with stuff, whatever. 
it, it's not going to change my perception of any of this. Uh, Vic, well, those, those are working cookie sheets, right? Yeah. yeah right. Those, those things are bending hell easy, so... <laughs> uh, Vic Grimes gets helped out of the arena while holding a fist up in victory, yeah, I guess. Yeah, help he needs. Yeah. Uh, the Impact players are now in the ring because we got to get the camera off of New Jack slowly bleeding to death. Uh, How can you go from, like, one of the worst wrestlers ever to one of the best? Yeah. <laughs> no, we go from that to actual wrestlers. But the Impact players are in the ring, and Storm says that he wants their belts back. This leads to the that champions. Not in ECW, they're not. Uh, but this leads to the champions hauling ass to the <laughs> ring without delay. Right. Like, I'm shocked that they didn't use actual like belts from Kmart for the titles. Sorry. Uh, I know. <laughs> if anybody listens to my Monday podcast, Retro Wrestling Review, I watched some old NWA stuff from like the 60s and the 50s, and it looked like you could like I've seen belt buckles bigger than what they wore. I'm not even joking. Like, it looked like it could hold your pants up. I'm like, must have been why they called it a belt. But anyway, uh, I said they must have been running low on pay-per-view time. They weren't, but I'll get to that at the end. It is now Raven and Mike Awesome defending the ECW tag titles against the Impact players of Lance Storm and Justin Credible, with Don Marie and Jason Knight in their corner. And the third team of... <laughs> right. And the third team of Tommy Dreamer and Masato Tanaka for reasons. Uh, it's went about nine minutes long. After about a minute of these four guys brawling, Dreamer and Tanaka finally rush the ring to join the fight. Again, that's how every ECW match goes. At least this one was advertised. It's like, so a Royal, it's like an impromptu Royal Rumble that happens to have bells. I know. It's dumb. But the champions are like, wouldn't that be convenient, though? Like, if, if you're Dreamer and Tanaka? Just wait it out, man. I would. I know. They're idiots. And, spoiler, they didn't win. So, but the champions are eliminated first when Tanaka and Awesome, or hits Awesome with a roaring elbow for the pin. Thanks for coming, Mike. Uh, the Impact players finally end the match with a spike pile driver on Tommy Dreamer for the win. I felt that this was a bit rushed, but eh, it was good for what it was. Uncle Dave gave it two stars. I gave it two and a half. Let's see you. Gave it two. I love Mike Awesome. I'll say that. There's not a guy in this ring I didn't like, at least at the time. And I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was rushed. That's all I can say. A three-team elimination match for the tag titles goes nine effing minutes. I'll get to why at the end, but I still think Three it's minutes super easy. dude. I don't know what you Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Now, while the new tag team champions are celebrating, Cyrus joins them to congratulate them. He says that the network approves, and he gives Justin and Jason handshakes, but he hugs Lance and Don Marie. He hugs Don a little bit too long, and she shoves him off. I would, too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, after the Impact players leave, Cyrus has to cut another long-ass effing promo, and he introduces the network's choice, Rhino, who comes out flanked by Steve Carino and Jack Victory. While Carino is going on and on, about the network always getting what it wants. Paul Heyman, or excuse me, Cyrus, not Carino. Uh, Paul Heyman finally interrupts him with just like 5,000 F-bombs. I'm like, good lord, dude. You sound like a 12-year-old while playing Call of Duty and your parents are gone for the evening. 
Well, not necessarily. He didn't threaten to do anything with his mother. And he didn't drop the N-word, so <laughs> there is that. But I did say he looks like he hasn't slept in about two weeks, and he actually looks younger in 2021 than he did here. Good Lord, it's true. He just looked like he'd been through the ringer, man, which, I mean, it was ECW in 2000, so I buy it. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Sports fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love, unique one-of-a-kind designs exclusively by Fanatics, and autographed collectibles from today's biggest stars shipped directly to your home. Join Fanatics Rewards for free to earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and for a limited time, get 20% off all orders. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Joel Gertner now comes out, all serious, saying that the network goes down right effing now. Like, cool? And then Super Crazy rushes the ring. He jumps Rhino, we start the match. There we go! Main event because time, when I think everybody. about taking out the network, I think about Super Crazy. <laughs> right? When you need... To end a tyrannical reign of the network, you bring out the insane luchador, super crazy. Whatever. But it's Rhino with Steve Carino, Jack Victory, and Cyrus all in his corner, taking on super crazy for the ECW World Television title. It is the finals of the tournament. It went just under eight minutes. Tournament, bro. The crowd starts chanting, we want Sandman from the opening bell, and just keeps going. So this match is dead uh, in the water. Every time I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> right. Why? Why? Why would you want Sandman when you've got two real wrestlers in the ring right now? But when Super Crazy goes for the triple uh, mood salt, Rhino pulls the ref on top of him, so Crazy lands on the ref and knocks him out. Dejiri runs in now. There he is, Greg. And he missed Crazy in the face. Then Buzzsaw kicks his damn head off. Tajiri and Rhino then uh, put Super Crazy in the corner and beat him up. Finally, Rob Van Dam's music hits, and he's brought out to the ring on the shoulders of Scott Anton, or Scotty Riggs from WCW. And uh, he gets in the ring to break his crutch over Rhino's back, and then he flapjacks Rhino through a table. Super Crazy hits a moonsault on Rhino and wins! I will say, I didn't know that was going to happen. So, cool? 
I mean, I think Rhino wins it like shortly hereafter, but still. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters because he, you know, has to get granular. I gave it a star and a half because it wasn't very good. What say you? I gave it two. I don't know why, but I didn't hate it. But I yeah, just... I also gave it little uh, points for shock value because I remember watching it thinking it was going to be easily Rhino. That was it. Right. Yeah. My whole thing was just like. This was their main event. Like, and their world title match was, was impromptu. Yeah. The, like, this was it. I'm like, really? Like, ah, what the hell? After the match, Rhino beats up Robbie Dam and he gores him, uh, which Super Crazy just ignores, by the way. He lets all this go on. <laughs> uh, did you, you notice that? You know, he's just like, huh? But, oh, I guess I should get involved now that you took Rob out. But, yeah, he ignores all this until Rhino starts beating him up, and then he beats up Scott Anton. Rhino, Tajiri, Steve Carino, and Jack Victory, and even Cyrus now all beat up the baby faces. I say Cyrus, but really, he literally rolled his papers up and started smacking him with it. <laughs> but they beat up all the baby faces until Sandman's music hits, the crowd goes wild, he comes through the crowd with his cane, everybody bails for some reason, leaving Rhino all alone to take his caning. And Sandman completely destroys that cane over Rhino's head. The heels all pull Rhino out of the ring, and they leave, while the baby faces stand tall, sharing some beers. <sighs> and final note here, the show went off the air about 30 minutes earlier than they planned, because they were trying to rush through the final two matches, trying to end the show ASAP, because they thought New Jack may literally be dead. <sighs> hey, you know... Like, WWF literally had a man die on pay-per-view, uh, like, a year before this, and they kept pushing on, all right? <laughs> New Jack well, was fine. Yeah, they did, too. I just... Yeah. Way. Yeah, they were like, uh, let, let's hurry it up. Like, well, what was hurrying up gonna do? Bring it back to life? What, what the hell? That's the thing, it was like, well, he... We don't know, he's in a bad way. He might actually die, so let's hurry this along. Like, Why? You're still that moving on, been right? been a bad way for a while. <laughs> this is true. But it's like, why, though? Like, if you're going to push on, just nut up and push on. But if you're not, then don't. I don't know what to nut tell you, man. push on, man. That sounds like the worst porno ever. <laughs> Go for the gold. That's all I can say. But anyway, we're going to take our last break of the podcast. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's to come for the bonus show this Friday and what's coming next week on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Dave's dream car. Of course, he prefers the pearl white to the cherry red, but you can't fit three kids and a dog who's prone to car sickness in a sports car. Yeah, Dave's had to compromise a lot lately. But not when it comes to cutting the cord. Fubo gives him all the sport he needs, as well as all the shows his family loves. Don't compromise. Get over 100 channels, plus Showtime and Cloud DVR included. Visit FuboTV.com. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. 
Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives so you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back for the final time tonight. Uh, final ratings here. Internet movie, Internet movie Database, easy for me to say, gave this show 6.1 out of 10. Okay. Cagematch.net gave it 4.56 out of 10. I gave it a 5 out of 10. So, F. What say you? F. <laughs> you watch Community, this right? Sucked, man. Yeah. Well, you, you've seen that show Community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember that where he's like, F, F minus. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. Yeah, this this blue chunks in so many ways. And it was only two hours. So Can you give credit for shoving that much crap into two hours? Yeah. No, I can't. It's just like I mean I guess if you're gonna blast the diarrhea out you want it to be quick and, you know, over with as soon as possible. Like, hot damn, dude. Like you're gonna thrust this upon us for whatever price point they had. And you're going to shave half an hour off of it because a man might be dead, I guess. And, and, you know, and let's say the new Jack match or whatever the hell that thing was supposed to be went off without a hitch and there was no possibility of death. So what? This this still would have sucked ass. Let's tack on that extra 30 minutes. <laughs> still sucks. I don't know if you're complaining or praising right now, like 30 minutes off. Yeah, I both, I guess. I don't know. Like. Uh, the 30 minutes wouldn't have helped it, but at the same time, it's like, whatever. I'm grateful. And I didn't watch any more of this. I am, too. I saw the runtime, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but anyway, that's Living Dangerously 2000. Thank the good Lord above. It's done and over with. And I Watching don't have... this pay-per-view is, in fact, Living Dangerously, folks. It is. And just so everyone is aware, I'm looking months ahead at the... Uh, the lineup, I have booked way ahead of time. We don't have another ECW show until July. So, if you want more ECW, sorry. Go back in the archives and listen to that, I guess. I just, I can't stomach it. I can't. People this ask kinda... me why I give it so much crap. I've actually had people say, why do you give it so much crap? Because it sucked. I will I will say this. If I had, after watching this, if I did have more ECW coming up in the near future, I would have changed our schedule. Like, that's how much I hated the show. I'm just going to say at this point right now, I'd rather watch AEW. I, I mean that. I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, I watch AEW weekly, so I don't know what that's really saying. Unless you really hate that. Lately, yes. Oh, man. It's not this bad, though. Nothing's no. this bad. No. Because they actually tried. This, if they were trying, like, as they say in the South, God, bless your if heart. This my thing with them. They're being run by a little douchey Mark. This was actually run by a guy with a brain. That's what yeah. scares me. Yep. He liked garbage, man. But all right, this Friday is our bonus show. 
we have been plugging uh, TNA Destination X 2007, but thinking about it more, it is the 20-year anniversary, or I'm sorry, the 15-year anniversary of TNA Destination X 2006, and I looked at the card, and the card looked really good, very anxious to watch this again. It's got AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels in a triple threat uh, Ultimate X match. Looking forward to seeing all that. Christian Cage versus Monty Brown for the NWA title. It, it looked good. Looking forward to watching it. And I wanted to squeeze more TNA in the schedule. So there's, there's going to be more TNA. It, I, I, yeah, I always speak. want to squeeze more TNA, too. So I think we should do this. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm trying to get at oh, least... Yeah, I'm still on ECW mode, sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to get at least one TNA show in per month. Uh, April is one of my favorite TNA months ever, so it's because it's lockdown month. So we actually have two lockdown anniversary shows booked for next month. And June is Slammiversary month, so we got two there too. Uh, so I am very much looking forward to the future with more TNA combed in. And people have been listening in in droves to our TNA shows, which pleasantly surprised me so thank you for that it it inspired our schedule but yeah so that is coming up this friday for the bonus show uh for those of you listening on the unhinged network it will play monday our monday normal monday replay at seven o'clock uh eastern is now going to be our bonus show so you can hear the tna show there and then our final show of the month march 31st we're wrapping up wrestlemania month man with a really, I want to say it's a forgotten great WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania 21. Yeah, the dawn of Cena and Batista. Yeah, it's a, it's a big night. Much like the previous WrestleMania was launching something new, this WrestleMania was also launching something new. So uh, tune in for that. Again, for everybody, uh, please subscribe and review. Uh, if Leave a review if you are uh, listening to us on podcast platform. Uh, if you want to catch the replay, if you're listening to us on Unhinged, you can catch us tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's unhingedsn.com or unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. The links are in the podcast description. If you click on them, let, uh, let them know that we sent you for the main event marks in the Unhinged Sports Network. And, of course, we drop a new episode every Wednesday. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry you had to live dangerously with me, buddy. But this Friday we'll oh, make up for it. I'll do it again. Next time we'll jump off a cliff. Well, this Friday we'll make up for it, I think, because we are going to Destination X. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.